What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Big Show podcast, where Ethan, Corey, and myself bring you the best of all things Big Ten football. Because Big Ten football, let's be honest, is the best. It's the best around, baby. The best football that money can buy. But we don't buy it because we don't cheat like those filthy scoundrels in the SEC. Right, boys? What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do my best to hype you guys up and set the tone for this show every week. And that's what you give me? But the thing is, Sorry, like, I, I think do I think there's some cheating going on in the Big Ten? Yeah, I definitely do. Sorry, I was too busy giving a, a, a top or a five-star recruit $150 to come to... <laughs> To come Michigan. to Indiana? Oh, yeah. Michigan? Actually, no, Indiana, because I'm trying to get them sanctioned. How how much money would you have to pay a recruit for them to go to Indiana? Uh, it would have to be a substantial amount of money, and that would be – they'd be really easy to get caught because it's like, oh, what's this substantial amount of money doing? And you find out that Indiana's desperately trying to cheat because they're not good. How- how did Dylan Riola commit to Indiana? <laughs> uh, Bloomington is beautiful this time of year. He got a uh, he got an NIL deal worth thirty million. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of Dylan Riola, it looks like Nebraska is going to lose out on him. Sorry, mm-hmm. Nebraska fans. Um, where is it? Where is he going? Uh, now it's looking like where where would you go if you were a five star quarterback? Alabama. He's going to Alabama. No, no, no. Where would you go if you were a five-star quarterback? Where would, would most Michigan. kids go? Oh. Okay. Uh, Texas? No, there's no shot. They have Quinn Ewers no. and yeah. Arch Manning. There's no chance. Uh, SC? USC is where he's projected uh. to go now. <clears throat> Lincoln. Well, that's okay. He'll be... In the Big Ten, getting pounded yeah, I'll, in I'll, November in the snow. At I'll, Iowa. Be looking, I'll be looking forward to that USC-Ohio State match for sure. But we are not on here to talk about Dylan Riola or or Nebraska. Well, I guess we might talk about Nebraska, but we don't enjoy we it. Also, we also might talk about Dylan Riola. I mean, it's a Big Ten podcast. It's football, okay? don't We, we can talk about whatever the frick we want. As long as it's about Big Ten football. But right now we're going to zoom out a little bit for the Big Ten because the NCAA is switching up some stuff. And they're changing some rules in the name of shortening college football games. That's right. You heard me correctly. Uh, Even though nobody in the entire world has complained about how long college football games are, they are proposing rules to shorten the length of games. Uh should I, I'm just going to go through the rules and then we can react to the concept of shortening it and see if this is actually going to solve the problems that they think it's going to solve. So, okay. Let me pull up this article. Uh, this hasn't been voted on, by the way, but these are the proposed rules. So, the most significant proposal would have the game clock run after first downs are gained, except during the final two minutes of each half. Uh, the other rule changes were pretty minor. 
The other two were um, preventing teams from calling consecutive timeouts. And then the third would be if a penalty, like a defensive penalty is called on the last play of a quarter, you don't get an untimed down. You just automatically go into the next quarter. So those are the three. Um, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. Originally, uh-huh. just real quick, that that only takes place in the first and third quarter, just to let people know. The rule Correct. change is only in the first and the third quarter. So they're not talking about, oh, you got a penalty on the last play of the game or last play of a half. Well, you just don't get that now. No, those would still happen. Correct. Good catch. Uh, so what's your initial reaction to the rule proposals? Also, shout out I, to the other rule that they almost considered but actually didn't, which was going to say that the clock doesn't stop on incomplete passes, which thank God they didn't actually put that in the proposal. Yeah, they just that's, left these three. This is not junior high football, okay? But – Really quick, I have a pretty strong opinion on one of these, so I just wanted to get to that. Um, The clock not stopping after every first down, unless it's inside of, correct me if I'm wrong, two minutes of a half. Great rule, because they don't really do it anyways now. They, they, They get the first down, the player like gets up and is about to toss the ball to the ref, and the clock is already running again. It's useless. Early on in the game, all it does is slow the game down. There's absolutely no reason for it during the course of a game for the clock to just be stopped after a first down. So that one, I actually like. Inside of two minutes, yeah, I get it. You're a different game than the NFL. You don't have a two-minute warning. That is your two-minute warning. Your two-minute warning is rewarding the offensive team to stop the clock if they are trying to progress down the field and need to score. So you're rewarding them for that. That I understand. During the course of the game in the first, like in the first and third quarter, I do not need to see the clock stop when a team gets a first down. So uh, that one I actually really like. And I, I know you I know you started off by saying like nobody's complaining about the length of games. I I kind of am. I think with all the replays and reviews and things like that, like I don't need to sit and watch a four hour long college football game. I really don't. So I like it. I, I think, I think pace of play is a good thing. I mean, obviously, you know, we've seen all the things that have been happening in baseball and me and Corey are major fans, you know, of baseball and like the direction that baseball is going with that. But I, I, yeah, I, I, it's got some tweaks, but anyways, I'm a fan of pace of play, like keep the pace of play up. And then another thing that I know college football is also uh, entertaining thought of is no back-to-back TV timeouts, which the NFL got away with, got away from a couple of years ago, and it's been wonderful. And they definitely need to hop on that bandwagon. Personally, I, I, I don't care for the rule changes simply because TV timeouts are what's making these games ridiculously long. I mean, Ethan and I were at the Indiana-Michigan uh, game this year, um, and not even talking about the game, it was like, it seemed like every like 30 seconds of play, there was a two-minute TV timeout, and it was absurd. You there were times talk- when they were in a TV timeout, and we forgot what we were going to come back to 
like and we were sitting in the stands we're like wait what what's going on oh yeah we have the ball okay it's just uh, so i i truly hope to ethan's point like they go away from the back-to-back tv timeouts because you want to talk about like significantly decreasing the length of games that is what's going to do it not the we're gonna not stop the clock first down uh within the uh you know before the last two minutes of the half that's going to like incrementally change the length of games tv timeouts that's this is this is the ncaa's own fault not the not the teams not the strategy not the game plan no this is the ncaa's own fault I'm not going to say out of greed. Obviously, it's smart business practice, but like, I don't know. People are going to pay for those TV spots. Make them shorter. Like, the money is not going to stop coming in. People are not going to stop watching college football because they're getting too long. We're just going to complain even more because these TV timeouts are just like obscenely ridiculous. Corey, you took the words right out of my mouth because two of these three rules are barely going to have any effect on actual actual game time, which is the consecutive timeouts and the untimed down rules. Like, those hardly ever happen as is. Uh, the clock rolling after a first down outside of two minutes, that will have an effect on game time. But like you said, they are treating the symptom as opposed to the root problem like no one had any problem with college football game like pace of play and things like that and then a, it, the game has been flooded with tv timeouts i can't tell you how many times last season <clears throat> i was watching a big 10 football game on fox and it went commercial kickoff commercial or it went like we came back for third down team didn't get it then they punt and we go to a commercial after two plays horrible it's maddening. It's a horrible product to watch. And that's what's actually making the games longer, not the way that the game is being played. So they're not actually fixing the real problem, which is what's annoying. But the rules in and of themselves will not have a great effect on the game, luckily. Yeah, I I really do think that the the big issue is the back-to-back TV timeouts. It's so hard when you have back-to-back four-and-a-half-minute breaks on like a national televised game, the breaks are four and a half minutes long, the TV timeouts. And it's like, I just sat here and watched nine minutes of commercial and I watched a kickoff. Right. And you, you, you like, you've lost so much interest. You've lost like, you're like, wait, what was I doing? I just played with my kids for forever. What's even happening on the game right now? So that has to go away first and foremost. It does. Also, college halftimes are longer than NFL halftimes, too, which that could easily be cut down by a couple of minutes. I forget what the difference is, but I know there is a difference. You could cut halftime down, and teams would be fine with that. I have a hypothetical for you, Alex, since my hypotheticals are a part of this this podcast now. Um I mean, you have like let let's just figure out a way to make commercials, I guess, more entertaining. Like, so you have obviously the Super Bowl, which is like the the cream of the crop of all like TV ads. Could you do something like that for the national championship, or even like the New Year's Six Bowls, like where you make a little bit of a spectacle of your ads? If you're gonna, because TV timeouts are not going away, but you could make the length like 
smaller, but still also kind of hype up the advertisements. What do you think? I think the only reason the Super Bowl ads are like that is because it's the one time in a year where everybody's eyes and TVs are clued into one thing on one night. I don't yeah. think. And they can actually football. afford to put a major budget into a commercial. Right. Because of how many eyes are watching it. I don't, right. as much as we love the Rose bowl and the national championship and stuff, it doesn't, it just hails in comparison to the number of eyes that are watching the super bowl. So there's no way that companies will invest that much to make an entertaining commercial. I really don't I'm, care. I really don't care about the quality of the commercials. In all honesty, it's just like me either. We just got to get. We just got to get away from having them so close <laughs> together. I think and we're all I, agreement of that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I honestly would not mind having more. Just like one minute timeouts, where like here's an ad or two, and then we're back to the game. They have been doing like those in-game spots, like. Oh, here's 30 seconds of like a a subway commercial. Like while there's still like like stuff in the game or in the stadium happening. Love we, it. We should head into that direction because then you still get your ad time, but it doesn't feel like you're being taken away from the game for like such a long period of time. And then also like you could I mean, stadiums and and uh, camera crews do a relatively okay job with like finding like uh regional like locational stuff so like um like college game day always goes through like restaurants or whatever but like you could find like oddities that are unique just to like the specific stadium alone in those dead period times or just like stuff with the student section don't take us away from the game because it feels like we're literally like we're already so far away watching on tv and once you take us like to an ad for five minutes it's like we've been away for the game for 10 you know yeah, you're so right. It just kills the momentum. Like you said it perfectly. You're far enough away from the game at home. And then once you finally start to feel juiced up at a really key part of the game, you get stuck with two TV timeouts and and then the juice just flows out. That was a disgusting thing that I just said. <laughs> juice. I did not mean to say it that way, but... Uh, all right. I feel like we've uh, exhausted that topic. So the next one. The Big Ten put out their permanent rivals format for when USC and UCLA <coughs> uh, join the conference in two years. So basically the format is each team will have three permanent teams that they play every single year, and the rest of their schedule will rotate so do you want me to read off everybody do you want me you know i am going to read off everybody it won't take that long and then we can react as we uh see fit we'll start off with nebraska nebraska's three rivals uh oh red rivalries are considered permanent others could rotate every four years oh so i said that wrong only some of these rivals are actually permanent my my fault guys i didn't do my homework my fault so okay nebraska Iowa is a permanent rival, which is a very good thing. Minnesota and UCLA are the other two. For uh, Iowa, is is Nebraska also a permanent rival of Nebraska? Because they yes. tend to beat themselves a lot. So, boom, roasted. 
Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota are their permanent rivals. A little surprised to see Minnesota there. And Wisconsin Minnesota is the Minnesota is Iowa's permanent rival? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they, oh, still, they, they, they have Iowa State. Or something? No, that's Minnesota and Wisconsin. But Iowa plays Iowa State every year, and that's out of conference. So, are Mi- whoa, 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 whoa! Are Minnesota and Wisconsin not bigger rivals than Minnesota and Iowa? Minnesota they, and Wisconsin—they are. are bigger. Minnesota and Wisconsin still have each other on here. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I was about to lose my mind. I was like, if you are telling me that Iowa and Minnesota is a bigger rivalry than Minnesota. And Wisconsin, we are about to fight. <laughs> no, those were Iowa's rivals. Just Iowa. Big Ten, Big Ten, we are fighting. Um, so to get to that point, Minnesota's permanent rivals are Wisconsin and Iowa, Nebraska being the third. Uh, Wisconsin's permanent rival, they only have one, it's Minnesota. Really? With Iowa and USC being the other two. Northwestern's permanent rival is Illinois. Themselves. And themselves. Rutgers and Purdue are the other two. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois' permanent is Northwestern. Okay, so those rotating rivals are not rivals at all. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They just kind of threw those teams in there. It's like, you'll probably play these guys most of the time, but it could change. Illinois also has Northwestern as their permanent rival with Purdue and Indiana, the other two. Purdue has Indiana as their permanent with Illinois and Northwestern. Indiana has Purdue as their permanent with Maryland and Illinois. Now we get into the big boys. Actually, sorry. Rutgers has Maryland as their permanent with Penn State and Northwestern as the other two. Okay, Rutgers has Maryland as their permanent. Why? Because they came in to eat with each other and they're uh, their closest regional. Yeah, uh-huh. they're closest. Yeah, that's what makes sense regionally. Okay, now we can get into some of the the bigger players. Uh, Maryland has Rutgers, and then Indiana and Michigan State is on their rotation. Ohio State has Michigan, obviously, and Penn State as permanent rivals. Whoa. With USC as the third. That's a tough three teams. That's Uh, okay. Are we – I just want to – I just want to hash this out real quick because we're going through it. And I, I just I just want to throw this out here. I know Ohio State and Penn State definitely, you know, heated rival, you know, type situation there. If you were to look at the past 20 years, <clears throat> could you make an argument that Ohio State's second biggest rival might be Michigan State? Yes. Couldn't agree more. Because I, agree. I feel like I feel like M- Michigan State and Ohio State have played some of the most exhilarating games in the Big Ten over the past twenty years. Yeah, they do not like each other either. No, they hate. I have a cousin who is a diehard Michigan State fan, and he does not like Michigan. Like, let's get that straight. A shout out, Hans. Hi, Hans. I know you're listening. And he absolutely dis, but he despises Ohio State. Yeah, okay. they like, they do not like each they other. They do all. not like each other, and I think he would be very surprised to hear that it's Penn State over Ohio State. I am for sure, I, or Michigan State. I'm sorry. So that's a little. That one is a little weird to me. 
Ohio State fans, please feel free to let us know if we're crazy. I would say that Ohio State is just the most universally disliked Big Ten school. Well, yeah, Literally, they're, they're, they've been the best for the past however many decades. So that's that's fair, for, but still, like you talk to anybody. I mean, we've been to so many like like out of out of state Michigan or Big Ten okay, tournament but games and stuff. You've been, and you've been to the past. You've been to the past two Big Ten tournament games because it's been Michigan, and we were both at the last one. How much hate does Michigan now get because they're becoming that? Not as much. I, every every, every Iowa fans hated Michigan last year when they played Fine. or two years ago. They were talking so much smack to Iowa fans in that Big Ten championship game. You guys were telling me all about how awful they were towards the Michigan fans. I don't want to hear it. They actually just, were. Yeah, I remember that. They yeah. there were some. There it's were some just, not classy. It's Iowa when you're the big dog. But I, I, anyways, I'm sorry. We're getting sidetracked. I do think that Michigan State should be Ohio State's second permanent rival. Like I, I think that just makes sense. Well, I, then it's I would agree with Penn you. State getting an easier path. I think because everyone gets like a tough rival. I guess how it's laid out, and then like. There's like it, it works in tiers. This list, right? So like Michigan and Ohio State. Okay, that is one tier. Michigan and Michigan State, that's a different tier, right? And then I guess you haven't gotten to Michigan yet, but I, I, I looked ahead at this list. And then you get the tier three of could be a team that's gives you trouble, but like you might win 75%. All right, let, let's go. I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Yeah, so the next one uh, is Michigan. Michigan has Ohio State and Michigan State as their permanence. No explanation needed with UCLA being the third. So Michigan and Ohio State. Okay, so have Penn the, State uh, isn't Michigan's third? Like, nope. No, uh-uh. What? <laughs> but, the third, but the third can rotate. UCLA is not permanent. Okay, but this Michigan is exactly, this Penn is, State. This is, this is exactly what we knew what was going to happen, though. These guys, USC and UCLA, were going to come into the Big Ten, and you were going to schedule them immediately against Michigan and Ohio State. That was going to happen. We all knew that that was going to happen. Michigan, okay. Well, I can speak truly on this because I am a Michigan fan. I can't stand Penn State. Oh, me neither. <laughs> like, we are true rival. Like, Michigan and Penn State don't like each other. Like, I I guess and in basketball, I don't really care. But And the series between the two have been, has been very even over the past, like, yes. seven years. Yeah, very. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? Well, let's just right. keep going. Let's just keep going. Okay. Michigan State, Michigan State's permanent rivals are Penn State and Michigan. With oh, Maryland I was gonna guess. Third. I was gonna guess it was uh, Nebraska, Northwestern, and uh, Tennessee. Because <laughs> <laughs> Penn's making stuff rivalries up now. <laughs> Michigan gets Ohio State, Michigan State, and UCLA. All right. Uh oh, uh, you got me all messed up. Penn State gets. Michigan State and Ohio State as their permanence with Rutgers as the third. Uh, <laughs> USC. So Man. now we get to the. <laughs> those that's, what the that's what they think of Michigan State football right now. Penn State Rutgers games, man. Oh, I die for those every year. I really do. That was a, that was a nail blighter. Do you remember Unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. That was the only oh, time game. 
No, I don't remember it because it was Penn State and Rutgers. No, that was Indiana, Corey. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. When idiot. he dove for the pylon? Yes. Yeah, no, that, that, I was talking about this past year. When they when Michigan State missed the field goal. That would have put them in the bowl eligibility. We're talking about Penn State. We're talking about oh, Penn State. Oh, okay. Go away. You're pathetic. I thought we were I thought we were You're talking pathetic. about Michigan. I thought we were talking about Michigan State and Rutgers. Okay. Nope. Next. Uh, we get to the California schools finally. So they both have each other as a permanent rival. So USC has UCLA as their permanent with Ohio State and Wisconsin as the other two for USC. And then UCLA has USC as their permanent with Nebraska and Michigan as the other two. So I know that was a long list, but you can find it on the interwebs if you want to look it up. Um, okay, real real talk about Penn State because we got into it. I just had to Google it because I didn't know the answer. Who is Penn State's primary rival? Uh, <clears throat> wait, their like permanents someone, are their. Do they have what were their? Per, did they have two permanents? Michigan State and Ohio State, but like who? Like historically, can you think of someone that you just think? Oh, Penn State and this team. Because I can't, I, mean, I, I, I can't. I think do think of, Penn State and Ohio State hate each other a lot, and they've had a very heated rivalry over the past fifteen years, twenty years. I mean, I'm sure Ohio State has a very winning record in that time, but they've played. I guess I just don't at, think the the blocked field goal return for the touchdown game in the whiteout, Penn State versus Ohio State, like. Yeah, They've true. In some crazy, crazy games. I guess I just don't think of them having a Michigan Ohio State or Michigan Michigan State type rivalry because you might say Pitt, but they never play Pitt anymore. They used to, but they don't. So I can imagine oh, the committee. I was wrong. I, I was wrong. The rivalry between Michigan State and Penn State is the school's fiercest rivalry. Yeah, they play at the end of the year every year. Uh, every year, yeah. Who? Michigan State and Penn Michigan State? State Michigan State and Penn State, State, State Penn play State. at the end of the year every year. Clearly, it is not Michigan State's biggest rival. That oh, would absolutely be not. But. Wow, okay. Yeah, Penn State's biggest rival is Michigan State. Okay, well. There, it's there's on the, that. It's on didn't, the internet. It must be true. Penn State have a big rivalry with Notre Dame as well? Because I feel like Notre Dame just has – like a pretty big rivalry with everybody. Notre Dame had a rivalry with Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan State. And Florida State as well. Yep. The Catholics versus convicts thing. Miami. That, that was Miami. Oh, no, but I thought Florida – okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm I'm off today. Wow. 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 You're pathetic. You're pathetic. I don't know how that – Well, then was it – who had the rivalry with Florida State? Was it Penn State? No. It was a northern and a southern school. Florida State was in one of those, too. I don't think so. You're going to have to look that one up. I'm looking at it. That's a no-go. That's a no-go. Overall, I'm okay with the list. And honestly, I like the format of having teams. I like the rotating rivalry. It just is kind of – most of them don't make sense. Most of them don't make sense. 
but at the at least the permanent ones make sense for the most part. I think the yeah. only one that didn't at first was like Penn State not having Michigan on their list, which is disappointing because I would want to play Penn State every single year. I mean, I think the the problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michigan might be the only team in the Big Ten that does have like a permanent rival with three different teams. Because Ohio State, well, no, you could make the the argument for Ohio State too. You could make they're the, not. You could make the argument for Michigan State. Michigan State has Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Yeah, like you could argue teams. all three of those. You like desperately want to play those every single year. Yeah. You could also just, argue a fourth. You're and not going to be able game. to because you have to make schedules for the other teams in the Big Ten. That's the exactly. Sad reality. Yeah. Exactly. So I enjoy the format. Because you can't kick out Rutgers, which I still want to do, Rutgers. No, you can't. They're never going to do it. I just so, said that. But I want to because I hate you. I don't I don't even want to. I like having Rutgers around. That's Rutgers basketball. Oh wait, they're they're we're we're we can't we can't we can't say that right now. That's bad. That's because Corey's a sicko. Yeah, I'm a sicko. Okay, here's the thing. If anything, if with these permanent and rotating rivals or locked in, whatever you want to call it, there's anything that this tells us about scheduling for the for the future of the Big Ten is that they are not doing pods. Which, how do we feel about pods? Because you don't like pods, Ethan. I I like the no pods. pods. No. I like the pods. I no I pod. like the pods. And, no. Alex and I talked it. about this. Oh, can let me explain, sir. Alex and I talked about this from the get-go once we once we like actually had this expansion. And I will say that the greatest thing that I've ever offered this podcast was I still have the piece of paper that I wrote down my collection of the first three years of Michigan's football schedule, but also the pod. So hear me out. I remember Every, this. Everybody is so concerned with or not everybody, the old heads are concerned with the fact that you're losing the Midwestern values and the traditional makeup of Big Ten football. This is my compromise to you because expansion is happening. UCLA and USC are coming. If you get the pods, you can still somewhat contain that geographical like rivalry, like, like stake um which i think is important but hear me out because if you do pods it's not exactly divisions and you can rotate through the schedules and i think if you do some good marketing you can get past this this like for the old heads so this is what i came up with we have four pods for our teams i came up with the colonial pod which would be ohio state penn state maryland and rutgers i came up with the great lakes pod which would be michigan michigan state indiana purdue Came up with the Metro, which is Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, and Illinois. And then my personal favorite, the Gold Rush pod, meaning Iowa, Nebraska, UCLA, and USC. And within each of these pods, every pod, every pod rotates against each other. It's, it's a little bit more complex, but every pod rotates against each other. And then you get one locked-in rivalry uh, from every pod. 
like every year. So Michigan would get a locked in in the Colonial with Ohio State, and they would play them every year. And once they get to the Colonial pod, then you throw in a different like non-pod in that schedule. It's you would convoluted. have to forego you if you did pods. Just real quick, you would have to forego Mich- uh, Michigan and Ohio State playing the last game of the year against each other every year. You'd have to. I don't think you, you would. Ske- scheduling would not. They talked about it like extensively at the local sports station here uh, in Detroit for like two days. The main show that I listened to on there, it was like all they talked about were the pods. And scheduling wise, the way they broke it down was actually like pretty incredible. You cannot keep the same games on the same on the same week every year. It does not work. But why? I, I'm I'm not exactly sure. <clears throat> it has something to do with the fact that like you're playing because they are playing a different pod than you are. So if you're locking in the if you're locking in like the, the one game between the two of you, you're not going to make that part of your schedule at the end every single year. It just it doesn't work. The way they laid it out really explained it well, because it's like you your opportunity to play each other might be week three. Like that might be the week where both of your schedules line up well enough for you to be able to like with your rotating pods. I but mean, like I do. I just- it has to do with the fact that you aren't playing the same opponents. Like you're not both in the East. Does that make but sense? I, it it kind of makes sense. I would need to listen to it like in depth because this is a hard conversation yeah. to have just verbally. Right. <laughs> but I will say the reason I do like the pods is because I feel like with conference expansion, I do end up missing a little bit of the geographical nature of how rivalries develop. Like, like with Michigan and Michigan State and Michigan and Ohio State, like you you feel it. Like it's one of those things where where when your team loses, you dread going into work the next day or school the next day because it's such a mixed bag of who's a fan of who. And if you have the pods, you maintain a lot of that to an extent instead of – Yeah, but making- they're doing that – they're doing that with the rival with the locked in rivalries. I feel like, I feel like they're but, doing a good job of that. They are doing that to an extent, but you only get three. But you only get three, which is the thing. And I, I guess, I just wish it was a little more. Like with Corey's example, you only get four, so it'd only be one additional. But yeah, I do and I don't just, need Michigan to be playing Indiana every year, or whoever else was in the Great Lakes region. Yeah, it was Purdue. I know. Purdue and Indiana. Purdue, like I'm not going. I'm not sending my kid to school with a bunch of Purdue fans. So yeah, I mean, but I those know. are probably the fans that you're going to interact with the most. <laughs> I mean, it's not perfect because you have two teams from California in a traditionally Midwest conference. Right. No, I know. Yeah. I just think I think they're giving you the best of both worlds by the way they're doing it, and it's it's going to be no divisions, no nothing. I mean, it, it's just going to be. There's this many teams in the Big Ten, and they play a rotating schedule except for their locked-in rivals. And then you're going to get Michigan, Ohio State twice in one year. Yeah, you will eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, which yeah, will be great. It will happen. You're going to rematch the week after you play, and you know what? At some point, it's probably going to be Michigan has to or Ohio State has to win this game in order to play. Michigan or Ohio State again. Again, that's crazy. 
mean, mm-hmm. that's probably what they're hoping for. But I just, I would hate for that game in the regular season to then not mean anything because you could very well go in now. Like, even if you slip up, right? Like, Michigan loses a game or Ohio State loses a game and then they lose to each other in that. What are the odds that you're going to beat that team twice in a row in two weeks? And then, Ethan, this leads to another conversation that we've had. You can't have Michigan and Ohio State at the end of the year anymore because of that exact reason, which then that's going to upset a ton of people, I think. It's just – it's conference expansion. It's it's adapt or die. That's, that's really what it is. And I would much rather have to endure that and having to maneuver through that and figure that out than what the – Pac-12 is going through right now. They're That's two a, biggest. Imagine if Michigan and Ohio State decided we're going to another conference. We're going to the SEC. <laughs> so yeah, I am happy that these not, schools are coming to with us. That. We're not dealing with that. So, I, I mean, I know we want to nitpick and, and all that kind of stuff, but we have it great right now as Big Ten fans. Because all I see when I look online and I'm in, I'm in like, Pac-12 circles with our, you know, the big, the big show pod. And I'm scrolling through that Instagram and I see stuff from the Pac-12. All it is, is fans complaining about the teams leaving and how they're doing it for money and blah, blah, blah. And then what else would you do? And then in the exact same breath, all of those same fans are like, well, maybe we could go to the big 10 or maybe we could go here. maybe." And it's like, okay, see, like, you don't actually care. You just hate that it affects you negatively, which I would too. I would absolutely hate that. So I, I just, I think we are, we're in a great place as the Big Ten, as one of the conferences that people are looking to latch onto, that really good teams in other conferences are looking to attach themselves to. And all, good... the, and all the traditionals are, or all the other traditional teams that aren't any good are just kind of along for the ride. Like how, how good do you think Indiana and Rutgers feel right? Or I guess Northwestern, how good do you think those oh, the profit sharing for the, the profit sharing for the media deals is going to be, listen, they're going to renew that contract as soon as UCLA and USC come in and you are going to see a number that nobody is going to be comfortable with is and, and listen to me. I'm dead serious. When I say this, you will see negotiations happening between conferences and players of those sports teams, of the basketball teams and of the football teams that are like, we're done. We're unionizing and we want some of this revenue because it is making you billions of dollars. That And we will get into that at a later date, but that is coming. Ah, oh, boy, that's going to be... A fun time, a fun conversation to have. No, it won't. <laughs> I was being, I, to see. I know, I know, I know. No, but I have, I'm just, I'm saying I, like, it's, it is going to be, it's going to be nuts. And they, and I, none of us can sit here and say they don't deserve a piece of it because no. the conferences have become right. so greedy and the schools have become so greedy. And if these kids who are going out there and making it, you can no longer make the argument about, well, they pay for their school. They let them go to the school for free. Oh, my gosh. It's been that way since I was back in school in 68. Okay. Yeah, well, but- in 68, 
nobody got to watch games on TV and your school's football team made them $11. So we don't live in that world anymore, you old geezer. So how about you keep your mouth shut and keep your comments to yourself? Because we don't want to hear them. And we know you don't know how to type them on Instagram anyway. So there you go. Okay, a couple things. Because I think this was uh, going back to the original conversation of when this expansion happened. We're, we're a football podcast, right? But these changes affect the other sports that don't make money and lose these universities. I'm not, I'm not going on the side of the university. Please do not look at it this way. But an athletic department has programs that they have to have that are just completely in the red and will never not be in the red. And are so more so your 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 football team and your basketball team now subsidize those completely. Well, they've been subsidizing those, but not every not every athletic department runs a profit at all, even in the Big Ten. With profit sharing from the Big Ten network and from all of the network deals that they have, all of them make money. Every single team in the Big Ten makes money. Now, they might not make money from ticket sales and things like that. They might not turn a profit as far as that goes. But when you're talking about profit sharing because of the TV deal, every single one of the schools in the Big Ten is getting an equal slice of that pie. And it is massive. Well, then it's going to be even more difficult because I think in the ACC, Florida State is going through some like the profit sharing thing. It's like, hey. We bring more money to this conference than anybody else. We want a bigger slice of the pie. And the ACC is like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're going to get out of here as soon as we can. And they're in trouble because the ACC have, has like a horrible, horrible TV deal. I think it's as far as contractual like obligation, it's the, it's the lowest. It's the worst. It's, the worst. Yeah. It it's is really the worst. bad. And Florida State would have to pay just an insane amount of money to break the deal out, and leave the break conference. Break the deal. Yeah. Yep. And then see, and teams in the South can do this because I don't know they're in the South and they can get away with more, I, I suppose, more like brash things, but like they've openly talked about shutting down different parts of their athletic department to just save money. If they were to pay to get out of it, just like, okay, well then we'll shut down the parts of it that don't make us money. <laughs> like what? Well, they'd, they'd still have to be uh... title nine compliant as well. Yeah. Which would be difficult. Well, no, uh, I'm not talking about getting rid of, like, I'm talking about getting rid of men and women's sports. No, I know. Yeah. But I think for it, it, Title IX is a little bit more complex. I, we, you guys met my buddy. I'll keep him nameless just for the sake of, you know, whatever, if anything legal were to happen. But he explained the whole process of Title IX to me. And it isn't like you have to have a certain amount of, sports offered it's the the cut of the athletic department so the athletic department has to give this amount of money to women's sports as compared to men's so you could in theory have uh 12 men's sports but four women's sports but those four women's sports on a per sport basis get way more than the men's sports do and i was like that's really interesting he's like most people don't know that um so which is, I guess makes sense because I think a couple of years ago you saw Stanford, which has, I know, which has a, a great um, wrestling program. They cut it due to COVID stuff. And it's like they're a perennial powerhouse in wrestling. 
but they they cut it because it's like hey this isn't making us money and we have to survive you know to get through this tv whatever whatever reason it may be title nine tv deal whatever um and they cut it and that was crazy because that's like a national title contending athletic team that you just got rid of because of the money and we're gonna see a lot more of that and i think this is gonna in the long run it's gonna help college football and basketball but i think it's gonna hurt all these other college sports much much more well one thing's for sure with the expanded playoff and conference realignment slash expansion we are in the eye of the hurricane of college football right now and things are about to get crazy over the next five years like five years from now it feels like we won't recognize the sport anymore and hopefully the changes just continue to push the game forward like i know all three of us are on board for playoff expansion conference realignment at least for our teams and our conference seems to be going well so far so I hope that the changes continue to push the game forward and things like NIL get, um, you know, maybe pulled back or at least some rules are in place. But the sport is changing, boys. And that also means we're getting old. Yes, Corey. Can I, can I ask another hypothetical question? One more so that we can go to sleep. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you guys know... Big Ten Network does like a big Big Ten showdown like in Madison Square Garden and they have a basketball game and then a Big Ten hockey game in one in one day. I did not know that, but please explain because that sounds well they've done this they've done this for a couple of years and they have like it's like always four different teams and they have the they have the hockey game at night or the basketball game at noon or whatever it may be. There's going to be some different ideas that are going to be floated around because of the expansion with UCLA and USC. If you were a, the, on the marketing team for scheduling, whatever it would be, what would be the thing that you would do with this expansion? I know that's like a lot to think about. I do have an idea to give you guys some time. But with the expansion, what would be something new and exciting that you could pull either multiple sports in or just like the, or just football related that could add to the excitement of bringing in new teams. I'm thinking you line up some of these um, teams that you don't get to play all the time with your basketball program. Cause what basketball starts November, right? And there's always like an early conference game before you actually get into the conference slate. What if you lined up, your football and basketball's team to travel mm. to like once. So like Michigan plays UCLA in early November um, in basketball and football in the same day. I think that would be kind of cool. Or same weekend, same weekend. Or same weekend. Yeah. So that way, like, like the, you can build team camaraderie and whatnot. I think that could be pretty cool. Actually, so, I, do. I, I, I don't need to come up with an idea for this because I like that one. That would be cool. I like that idea. I think it's, I think, it, I think it's just like it could add. It could also add to like rivalry and stuff like that. And I think schools could market that too. And like you could yeah, like, like, oh, fan experience, like come see the Wolverines in Southern California for the weekend or something like that. Oh, oh the UCLA could definitely use that with all sixteen people that show up to their football games. 
<laughs> even when they're a top ten ranked team in the country. It's just a hey, it's just a Michigan home game. Country. Who's who's at the uh, who's at the game? Oh, my mom and my aunt and my uncle. That's it. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that was a that was a brilliant idea, Corey. Bravo, bravo. What way to bring up a topic that you I had? A I home didn't know run. where you were going with it, but it it ended up being very nice. I didn't really know how to ask the question, but I had an answer to the question that I couldn't ask. If that makes sense. It was a you could have just said movie. I have an idea. Okay. Well, I want to know what your thoughts are because this is exciting. This is uncharted territory for the Big Ten. I, I mean, a, I don't really have anything off the top of my head, but I think that would be a really cool, really cool idea. Cool. It's a genius podcast move to ask a question that you have a home run answer to and then to make the other two of us look like dummies. That's not yeah. the intention. I want to know your ideas. Mm-hmm. No, I have to bring something was... to the table because obviously I don't know anything about revenue sharing. I don't have any other facts, and I'm just like, huh, maybe this team could play this team at this time. That would be fun, I think. Question mark marketing major. Yeah, because you're because right because you're a fan. You're not. Uh, I'm, that makes sense. I'm fine with that. All right. Well, I think that does it for us. Uh, thank you for listening to all of our nonsense. Please follow us on the socials at Big Show Pod on Insta and Twitter. Follow and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review. We also have an email that I rarely check, but if you send me one, I promise to check it this week. Um, email address is not coming to mind, but it's on our Instagram. Profile. Oh my god! Wow, you're so pathetic! Oh wow, you're pathetic! So, <laughs> so go pathetic. find it. And send us a kind message. Uh, All right. That's all we got. Um, Spring practices are around the corner. So get ready to read those hype pieces for each of your teams and get pumped up for fall. because It'll be here before you know it. Peace out, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Deuces. Peace.